1: of my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. Don't settle for mediocrity. Live big. Let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com and let's visit it today. That's canilivebig.com. You were
2: made to think
1: big, do big, live big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Yeah. Just grow, the world. A life bigger than yourself You're created for greatness Live a
2: life bigger than yourself big, big. Hello, welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We are so glad that you joined us today. We believe that the truth of God's Word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big message.
1: Uh, this, is, this is a story told by the Wintu tribal elders. I'm actually going to read it to you. And it's how the female eagle chooses her mate. And since I'm not a biologist, I cannot vouch for all these facts. Uh, and you can't always believe the Internet either. But I got it on the Internet. But here's the story. And you can go home and find out what's true and, and what's not, okay? But here's what, what these elders said. They say when it comes time for the female eagle to choose her mate. She prepares herself for many suitors. And when they come before her, she looks them over quite well and then picks one to fly with for a while. Meaning it's okay to to, to date. It's okay to court, if you will. And if she likes the way he flies, she finds a small stick, puts it up, and flies high with it. At some point, she will drop the stick to see if the male can catch it. If he does... Then she finds a larger stick. It flies much higher this time. Each time the male catches the sticks, she continues picking up larger sticks. Then she finds the larger stick. You almost at this point have have a a, a log. (laughs) And she drops it. And here's the deal. If at any time in this process, The male fails to catch the stick. She just flies away. She don't cuss him out. She don't tell him off. She don't jerk her neck. She just flies away. And it says, and this is what they said, then she begins to search all over again. Takes a few tries sometimes. And when she finds a male she's interested in, There has to be that natural interest, too. She starts testing him in the exact same way until she finds a male eagle who catches all the sticks. And then when she does, she chooses him, an eagle's mate for life. Ladies, you're not ready. Yeah, all right. Young ladies, you're not ready to date until you have some non-negotiables. Until you have some sticks. I'm not talking about everything's non-negotiable. But you have some things that, you know, I just will not settle for that. Now, they go on to say one of the reasons for this test is that at some point they will build a nest together. The the male eagle and the eaglet uh, high up on a rock somewhere. And then they're going to have these little baby eagles. Um, or ing- ing- I get the babies are Inglets. I guess the, the female eagles are Inglets. What's she? Okay, they just, girl. the girl eagle. Okay, thank you. <laughs> See, I, I have this problem, squirrels. It just, it just happens. I just go all over the place, but I'm back. The issue is when the babies begin to learn to fly, sometimes what happens, they, they start trying to learn to fly, but, but sometimes they fall instead. It's then that the male must catch his young. And because she tested him, he can. Now, I can't vouch for the truth of this story, but it sure is romantic. And it teaches us a few things. So in case you feel I'm just talking about the women, it's also true for the men. Back to Genesis 24 and 16. Now, the young woman was very beautiful to behold. A virgin, no man had ever known her. She went down to the well, she filled her pitcher, and she she came up. Now, again, for most of us in that selection process, her beauty would have been enough. Her even having some water would have uh, been enough. But he didn't abandon his requirements. You see, when you start looking at all that, it's so easy to start abandoning process. But every time I walked away from process, I lived to regret it. And the servant ran to meet her. So he's excited. He's like, you know, this lady looks like the one. And he asked the question. He goes through the process. Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. Watch what she says. She says, drink, my Lord. Not only was she generous, she was polite. And she treated people, even people she didn't know. This was someone else's slave. She treated him with respect. Then watch this. She quickly, notice this word because uh, it's going to be repeated again. She quickly let her pitcher down to her hand. So she took it off her shoulder and now it's in her hand. Now, now a lot of us would be like, do I look like you're made or something? What do I look like? You ask me, <laughs> me, me for this water. You know what? Them, them days are over. You know, and that, that's what a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of us would do. But. No, she gave him a drink without hesitation. And when she had finished giving him a drink, watch this, without him saying a word about it, without him even hinting, she said, I will draw water for your camels also. Watch this, not till they all get a taste, but until they have finished. Drinking. Meaning she was working them, them, her back and her arms. And and that's why the, the Jewish sages, as I said a couple of weeks ago, beauty was not just in the face, it was in the biceps. And and, and this woman, she, she was doing the, the work. This is some uncommon stuff right here. And she draws for all the camels. And this is important because every test, God does not telegraph. A lot of times we don't even know God's testing us when we are tested. Because the reality is, you know, when I was in college, I crammed a lot. That's why I can't remember most of the things that that I learned in college. Because when you cram, it just goes in your short-term memory. Then you take the test, I'm through, and that's why finals are so hard, because you cram. So what we want to do is cram for every exam, every faith crisis, what have you, and we try to get ahead of it, but God's like, no, 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 that's short-term. I want a surprise test. So there can't be any, I want to see your character. I want to see what you're like when no one's looking, when you know that you're not necessarily going to get anything from the test that's about to be put in front of you. She out of nowhere, and this is a miracle. Come on. She has a day, too. She has things to do. This is 10 camels. She got to pull that bucket. I mean, that's a heavy bucket. I don't know how heavy it is, but it's a huge bucket of water. She has to pull and she has to pull probably at least 20 of them out to feed these camels. But she said, I will not only give you a cup. I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished quickly. Then she quickly. Now, some of us will only serve others if we're threatened by them. If you don't do this, I'm out of here. Or maybe if they beg. But not Rebecca. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough without a fuss immediately started feeding water to the camels. Then enthusiastically, with eagerness, ran back to the well to draw water. Jesus said this this way, Matthew 5 and 41. And whoever compels you to go one mile, that's blind to us, because back in that time, um, Rome ruled Israel. And they were seen as oppressors. They were an external power dominating. They taxed him them heavy and all the rest. And what Rome required was that if a soldier had a need and he called anybody, anyone in the kingdom that he called, that's why a man had to carry Jesus cross because they told him to, because if they called you, you were only obligated to walk a mile with that soldier. So if any soldier told you to carry his stuff for a mile, all of his 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 arm and all the rest, you had to carry it for a mile. Here's the deal. These guys were their sworn enemies. But Jesus said to them, if anyone compels you to go a mile, go with him two." What he was saying is he don't want us to have a heart like folk in the world do the dog eat dog type of situation. He said, even if your enemy compels you to go one mile, I want you to go beyond the call. Now, I want you to imagine something. Now, there are lots of scriptures, lots of chapters, lots of verses in the Bible. I want you to imagine. Imagine if only this verse was followed by Christians. No other verse. Just, just this verse. Imagine the impact it would have on marriage. Imagine the impact it would have on society imagine the impact it would have on church if the conversation was not about what you're not doing for me but the conversation was about lord how can i do more lord how can i go the extra imagine if this is this is incredible imagination imagine if we created cultures in our home where everybody said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do more than than what's asked for Imagine what your yard would look like if your children thought that way Imagine just imagine a home where where no one's fighting for that last piece of a chicken or turkey or whatever Whatever it is because everyone's saying you know what but before you add I want to give you more than even you asked for Imagine it church would be like if, if you know what if people walked in here and everyone's attitude was how can I be a blessing? You. I'm going to smile at you before you smile at me. Not because, you know, a lot of times you'll smile back because they smile first. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to smile even before you ask for it. I'm, I'm going to be kind. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you the better seat. I'm going to park uh, way down there at, uh, uh, just while I'm on subject, on uh, 234 so the new believers can come in. Yeah, that's just a little housekeeping. But imagine, just imagine what culture would be like no one would, would fight at Christmas time in stores. There'd be no riots over Nikes, Jordans, or Tickle Me Elmo. Imagine, <laughs> imagine what the world would be like. You know, when we get to glory, that's what it's going to be like. Yeah. Amazingly, we're not going to have ourselves on our minds very much. That's part of what makes it heaven. You know, my worst days on earth are when I'm on my mind. It's the days that I, it's, it's amazing when I'm laughing, I'm not thinking about myself. That's why I love to laugh because I'm not I'm not on my mind. That's it. it's, it's such a liberating experience because you're making these goofy sounds and moving up and stuff coming out of your mouth and you know, you're not even thinking about that because you're so caught up in the moment. You know that civilized glass, the mirrors we have, were not created until the 16th century. Do you know we were not created to be looking at ourselves? Otherwise, God would have gave us eyes in our hands. In the Bible, the Bible talks about looking through a glass darkly because they had little brass. The best they could do is a little bit of brass. They shine it up and you kind of see your reflection. Most people in history went their whole lives without seeing themselves. And in some ways that might be a gift. Have you noticed that when you stare at the mirror too long, you start looking ugly? I don't care how good you, how fine a specimen you think you are, you'll find something. And when you start staring at it, you start finding stuff and focusing on stuff that has nothing to do with anything and things that even others miss. You see, it used to be, and the past is not always better, but, but it used to be, when the only way you know what you look like or what you were like was through the way other people responded to you. So it wasn't you looking in the mirror, Flex said. It was you looking at another face, watching them smile, watching them lighten up. And, and that's how you felt beautiful. But we have replaced it with a mirror instead of the people we love. John 24 and verse 20. She quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water. And drew it for all his camels. Meaning she was not only beautiful, but she was strong. And there is uh, such a place for, for, for strong women. Then we're not going to cover this all the longest chapter in the Bible, so we're not going to go verse by verse. Uh, Eliezer, the servant, visited uh, the family, spent the night with her family and all the rest. And here's the deal. When a guy really cares for you, he will not only try to meet your lips, he will also try to meet your family and your friends. And and that that's 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 what uh, happens here. I know I know this is a stretch message, but uh, stay with me. Genesis twenty-four and fifty-eight. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, "A lot of things transpired. You can read it at home." Will you go with this man? You see, good parents in the ancient world gave a girl a say and uh, we're not you can't always just be telling your kids what to do they asked her a question what she said and she said i will what go you see we we fall in love by chance a lot of times but love is a choice and that's why you know we used to now now a lot of the the vows have changed and actually uh in the vows it it says for better or worse richer or poorer it says to death do us part sickness and health how many of y'all know that that's not the greatest picture why Because from day one, it's a choice. Baby, I choose to love you whether things go well or things go bad. I mean, whether you're looking better or you're not. Honey, it's a choice. Marriage is a covenant. That's why people say, I've fallen out of love. Who tripped you? I mean, you're tripping. It's a choice. It's a choice. You choose to love. Sometimes the love keeps the marriage. Other times the marriage keeps the love. And you got to get through those tough. The, the reality is, you know, I'm, we're fickle. We, we're up, down, and then, you know, I, I feel like I feel. If you go by that, man, you're, gonna, you're not going to be married for for very long. Um, but if you make a choice, if it's just based on how you feel, you're in trouble. But if it's a covenant, Lord, this about. Me honoring you, Lord. It's about me serving this woman. It's about me being a blessing. And Lord, lest she violates this covenant and brings on, does some crazy stuff that's dangerous and the rest, Lord, till death do us part. And I know that's tough and it almost sounds archaic, but do you know that this is a fact and uh, people, you might not like this and I'm not recommending this either but studies have shown that in places that they had arranged marriages they were happier because the the reason was the couple's expectations it wasn't you're going to make me happy it was i am here to be a wife i'm here to be a husband and when you put that type of pressure on a human being to make you happy it's going to fail all the time only god can make you happy okay now I'm not saying that you you guys start, you know, arranging marriages for your children. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) It's not what I'm saying. But from every culture, there's good we can extract. The point I'm making is it's a choice. And unless you violate this covenant, start beating on me physically and and, and bringing diseases into the house. And, you know, I made a choice and I made a covenant. And we're going to work this thing out. All right. Verse 66 and we're through. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother, Sarah's tent. That's pretty profound, but we're not going to cover that. And he took Rebecca and she became his what? Wife. Rebecca became the matriarch right behind Sarah of the Jewish people. She's in the genealogy of Jesus Christ himself, all because she was willing to give somebody else a glass of water all because she was willing to help somebody who she never expected anything back. And here's the point of this, this whole series. There are things in your future that you unlock by how passionately you serve somebody else. And like I said, it's not always a test that's called. And, and I'm taking a little bit long, but but I'm, just bear with me. I have a challenge sometimes, I, I get stuck in my, my head. And I have a day in front of me, and I'm, I'm praying, asking the Lord what to do at the same time. I'm thinking about what I need to do and planning my day and the rest. And this is about maybe 10, 15 years ago. I was running. I was out in uh, Southbridge, and I was running. And um turned around the corner, and um, when I passed, I saw these kids fighting. This other kid was really beating this other kid. He was on the ground and really, really beating up the kid. And I looked, and it didn't—I was like, wow, that reminds me of when I was a kid. But— uh, I kept running and it didn't register what I just saw until I I said 100 yards. But I think it was more like uh, 50, 75, uh, 100 feet from them. Then I was like, oh, my God, the kid's getting beat up. And I just ran past the boy getting beat up. So by the time I got back, the other kid was up and uh, all the rest. But here's the deal. If that was a test, I failed. I was so consumed with what I was going to do that day. I was so consumed with my thoughts that I missed an opportunity. And, and the reality is, I, with me, sometimes I have to discipline myself to be present. And not to be either, the past not such a big deal, but, but the future for me. I kind of live in the future. And you can miss things. And what I'm saying to you is there are tests all day long. And we're like, Lord, why haven't I got promoted? There are tests all day long. And you don't see that, you know what, that test was simply that woman that was a little grumpy. God wanted to see if you'd be kind. But now you remembered all your Bible verses, though, and you're like, Lord, this is the test. God said, that's not the test. The test is that unkind woman. The test is you seeing past how much she's getting on your nerve and and looking that, you know what, she has holes in her shoes. Or or maybe noticing that uh, her her nails aren't taken care of and and she's probably had a very tough day. Or, or There's there's lots of uh, tells. Maybe her husband just, you know, a zillion things could happen. But we're so you made me for you. Instead of and we have to be mindful. And I know for me, I have to discipline myself to be present and not miss opportunities to bless and serve people. Even now with children, be careful about being so busy. I sometimes, I have to i 'm going to put my phone down i 'm going to call them up, and i 'm going to talk to them without thinking about something else that is hard, and when they come and they interrupt you, dear God, they interrupt you don 't <laughs> But that might be a great opportunity yes. that ten years from now they 'd be too old and they ain 't they ask you for advice no more <laughs> that you 'll never get back again, right. Rebecca. Passed the test, she didn't know she was taking because it was a heart thing. And I want my heart, we want our hearts to be so right before God that we don't have to be prepped. It's just our way to go beyond the call of duty, not just do the minimum, but be known for doing more. It says here, he took Rebecca and she became his wife. Today, what I want you to do is see Jesus... As your Rebecca today. He not only knows what you want before you ask. He's not only interested in giving you a drink. He wants to give you even more than you ask for. And the challenge, though, with us is we're so interested in the reward that we miss the mark. Let me explain that.
2: You are listening to the Live Big broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yerimutu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click GraceChurchVA.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's GraceChurchVA.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit GraceChurchVA.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have, but until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
0: It's our prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is for you. Claim your free book and get free 30-day access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab. Simply visit DGMFree.com.